Morning, morning, morning. Kia ora everybody, welcome to Rebeat Live. It is Friday, New Zealand time. It's Thursday in America. Uh, if you haven't seen, we've got um, zombies running outside. It's apocalyptic. It's red, it's dangerous, it's corona-filled to the flippin' days. It's politics, it's protests. Welcome to California, eh? Uh, today on the show, very excited. Got a couple of weapons that are going to be in the mix, as per usual. Um, and I've got a new thing we we'll get to try, which is these. They'll, they'll come into play soon, don't you worry. I uh, hope the week has gone well. Level 2.5 is almost done. I can't wait for it to be level 1 because there's, there's stuff to be done in New Zealand that people are very excited about. Uh, today on the show, uh, Andy Bowie, founder of My Auto Shop, uh, Cassie Roma, Holly Bennett, and we've got some cool one minute, one minute pictures starting up as well. Uh, brought to you by Brightfire and Switch. I'm just going to jump straight in. Ladies and gentlemen, first on the air, I'll start with a bit of claps for you as well, mate. Bring it up for Andy Bowie. Got it. Wave to the peasants, Andy. Uh, <laughs> how are you, my friend? Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. How are you doing? Okay. So the last time we spoke, uh, we were taught you had left kind of running the ship with Uber and you're about to go into startup world. You're about to go into the to the to the journey that was startup land to what was about to happen ahead to lots of crazy um not much sleep lots of hours and um how's it gone hey it's been a uh, it's been a roller coaster i mean you throw throw a bit of covid uh in the mix and suddenly the uh the wild world of startup land um just became a hell of a lot more spicy so for those that aren't aware, um, give a quick uh, 101 of what My Auto Shop is. So My Auto Shop is here to make car maintenance easy. Uh, car maintenance is the super unsexy thing that you just want to have this car that works. Um, and then the process of actually getting a warrant of fitness, getting service and getting any repairs is really difficult. So what we've done is we've come and brought it into the 21st century. Uh, we now have a platform with about 130 odd uh, workshops around the country that are all available on a platform similar to that of Airbnb. And then you can get tailored pricing for your car um, from any of your local mechanics all up front. So you can forget about the guessing game, uh, which is taking your car to a mechanic uh, historically and know that you're going to get um, what you're paid for up front for the cost that you agree. It's a, it's a great quick summation there, my friend. Um, <laughs> the reason why I wanted to get you on, which is very cool, is I saw some very awesome news which came out was your partnership with AA. That's massive, right? So talk talk me through what that partnership's mean to, to kick off with and then we can go from there. But like, congratulations, man. That's a, that's amazing. That's, that's That's big stuff. So it's really cool to see. Yeah, it, it does mean a lot and it's a real testament to the business and the team here that's been working on it. We, we've only been in business for about eight months with sort of a couple of months hiatuses in there as we had lockdown breaks. Um, but to be able to line up with a trusted, reputable, big uh, brand like the AA um, means a lot for the business and what we've built. Um, what it looks like at the moment is the AA has realized that uh, the customer has changed, especially through COVID as well. Um, and services like pick up and drop off uh, are becoming more and more prevalent. And uh, the appetite to book online 
which is something that they didn't have uh, really well function. And we've been able to line up with them, bring on a handful of their auto centers in Auckland, Nelson, Hastings, and Christchurch, um, and start to be able to both uh, offer both the digital experience and this to-your-door pick-up-and-drop-off service. How do you how do you navigate from a business perspective? How do you actually say, hey, AA, a trusted kind of third-party, non-conflicting entity, which is nationally well-known, I'm a small little startup. Give us your logo. They'll be mean or <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> Look, I think um, the one, it's a testament to the team at the AA. They're a pretty um, entrenched organisation, but they've clearly got their eyes open and wanting to innovate and wanting to deliver real value back to their members. Um, and I think they know that business these days is moving really quickly. And at times it makes sense to partner with, I guess, small businesses like us that are willing to, are able to grow and move quickly and adapt to um, what customers want. Um, and we've sort of been able to work through how, uh, how our business works, explain that clearly, give them an understanding and show them both the good, the bad and the ugly. Uh, and they're, um, they're willing to, I guess, take a chance on us. Um, and we're going to work pretty hard to make sure that they're happy at the end of it. When it comes to 2020 and any big business, it's very, very much data driven and, and obviously coming from a background that you've sort of had, how has, I guess, COVID changed the way, changed the customer base or the industry of this this part of the market? Because I know in America, in the last recession, um, secondhand deal, basically the secondhand market um, People were wanting to keep their cars longer. People want to keep them on the road longer, um, and all the rest of it as well. What What have you seen? To, what has it done to the industry? Yeah, so it's been a crazy run. As we went into the first lockdown, uh, everything pretty much shut down. No one was moving anywhere. And then as we came out of it, and probably buoyed up by uh, the wage subsidies and the like, mechanics were run off their feet. There were people that were sitting at home, hadn't gone on their holiday and decided, okay, we'll spend on looking after our car. Um, and then the more recent one, uh, things have quietened off again. Uh, but the hard part for the industry in the long term is that car maintenance and car servicing is directly correlated with miles traveled on vehicles. And so if people are working from home, if people are uh, out and about and doing road trips as much and are confined to regions, um, it's going to hurt the car, uh, the maintenance industry in the long run. Having said that, your point's exactly on the money. Um, new car sales are hurting, and uh, people do want to, if they're tight on cash, are going to want to keep the car that they've got longer. Um, so we may well see that counteract the other effect. Um, at the moment, it's still a bit of a guessing game. Now, what you've been... Last time we spoke, you are talking about, you know, you haven't seen... A service exists like this kind of yet in a New Zealand sort of market. Have you had enough people through the doors where the data has actually told you that this idea or concept could scale outside of New Zealand? How's the headspace been in terms of the, the the data and the experience that you've felt and so far to with where the future of the business can go? Yeah, so response has been really positive from every customer that we've had. The hard part like that the likes of Uber, Airbnb, etc., had to overcome is they had to power this behavior change and we need to 
one, have people staring at their phones, which shouldn't be too hard, but then thinking to pick up their phone and look online when, um, when they're booking car maintenance, which has traditionally been ring up your dad and say, hey, mate, car's doing something funny, where should I go? Or just dropping into the, um, the first mechanic off the street uh, down the road. Um, so that behavior shift is a challenge. Um, over the last six, seven months, we've been focused on building the foundation for the business as opposed to um, really trying to push a product which we weren't sure was right or not. Um, we're in a spot now having a great footprint. We've got a bunch of tech that's going to be pushed live. Well, actually, hopefully uh, starting next week that allows us to cover all services, including tires, batteries, windscreens. And then we think we're going to have a service offering that's really worth going to the masses with. And I think we've we've had to have about six months of learning to get to that point, um, as opposed to running full steam with idea number one, where I think we would have fallen flat. How do you navigate um, regionals? How have you prioritized regional spread of the business for one product versus the depth of other services you can do? Because that's obviously got to be pull and pull, right? Have you sort of navigated those two things? Because I think from, I guess, a startup perspective, it's always, you know, you could go, you could do a million things shotgun, but then you, I guess to your point, you got to sort of sniper it down. Have you navigated the prioritization of what parts of the business you want to go after? Yeah, there's a few different parts on there. I'll talk to, I guess, one, what we prioritized, and then two, how we did it. Because um, both have kind of an interesting story. The first one is, the sort of marketplace conundrum of supply versus demand. Now, typically you want them to grow beautifully in harmony, but fortunately in this uh, instance, we were able to grow supply and we thought demand would follow supply um, very quickly, where there was already a really fragmented market of mechanics and we were able to go out and sell into them and say, hey, here's a great offering to get more work in your door without you having to lift a finger. Um, and all they had to do was sign up. There was no upfront costs. So what we did is we leveraged the student army, which has just proved to be awesome time and time again. Um, and I've got a uni, fantastic uni students in Wellington, Christchurch, and Dunedin that have been in chatting to mechanics and talking about the business and building that footprint. And the fact is when a customer comes to our site, they need to be able to have enough selection to compare ratings, specialties, and then of course prices. Uh, and without that footprint, people probably won't convert as well. So I think we prioritize building supply um, and building footprint through sales and through using these Unicos uh, early. Um, and then we believe now when we layer on uh, sort of marketing and demand generation on top in the run into summer, we should hopefully see uh, a growth curve start to ramp with pretty good conversion numbers as opposed to pumping people in and then falling through the sieve, if that makes sense. How are you balancing your energy as startup founder CEO? How, how's, how's the navigation been for the last couple of months? Man, it's been pretty brutal. I mean, as you well know, I'm uh, pretty on the spectrum extro extrovert. Uh, and it's I draw my energy from a lot of different having people around and I've been shut in a room by myself crushing away. Uh, and you chat to a few people on Zoom, but I mean, it's not like big company where you're in meetings the whole time. Um, 
so that's been pretty tough to be completely honest um and so pretty happy to be out the other side of it touch wood as long as it lasts um to be able to see a few more folks um because that charges me up a lot more yeah how's the what's the vibe been like in round two for other sort of startup crew or businesses um from new zealand it feels like the energy has been a little bit different to round one yeah i think a lot of people were pretty optimistic in round one and were like look now i've got this month of focus time and you don't really get that much when you're trying to build a business and you can go head down and go for it um round two was like i don't know if i can do this again um so a bit a bit harder especially being in auckland other parts of the country is probably nicer um but i think it's uh it's definitely been challenging i i felt it a lot more yeah that's right on the, the first step we were wondering around will the headspace shift because the long tail of this thing mentally is going to be a lot tougher than just the dollars in the bank and i think it's starting to come to fruition um, yeah so there's the, that, that stat that came out was the nation as a whole is sort of eight or nine percent sadder um which is probably recut some words but it's just like it does take your toll you're not seeing your friends you're not seeing people and the part the hard part is especially for startup uh startup businesses you need like an overwhelming optimism and you kind of need an army in your corner that's encouraging you through the through the tough times and if you yep. suddenly lose access to them it's pretty hard yeah you can feel it's um the irony of that too is that's a double digit drop in a place which is overwhelmingly one of the greatest places in the world ever so if it's happening if that type of if that type of thing is happening in such a beautiful place imagine what it is elsewhere as well which is kind of also a fair point um i've got a new thing i want to talk to you about andy pick a color <laughs> any color uh, one of these colors blue. blue all right i'm really excited about this you'll be the you're you're breaking ground here i'm pretty nervous about this well, you, I don't know what it's going to be, but I know that each one of them's got a different theme or vibe. This one here, it's, it's a random question. It's not, this is not paid for promoted. Oh, if you had a personal mascot, what would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Personal mascot. You know, like, so mine at the ASP Classic, I want to get this big, massive round tennis ball that plays hip hop on the inside with big, massive high five gloves. And I'll go around and go around and just give everyone high fives and scale bears. I've put <laughs> yeah. like they just they won't they won't take it it was yeah. it, it was good and, and then just let's just bump biggie all day so that was my idea for my mascot so if you had a mascot what, what would it be um i reckon it would have to be a, i'm just thinking of a recent trip a flying a flying fish mate someone it's running around dressed as a flying fish mate they leap out of the water they make them head have a hell of a good time and make everyone happy have you ever seen a flock of flying fish they're having a great time no, I, just, I just go to new world <laughs> <laughs> um, good shit, man. I, uh, flying fish i would not have picked that but yeah anyway, no, it's, it's cool. no, there you go um so if people want to check out uh my little shop where can they go what to do feel free to plug the website right now i'll bring it back up there you go yep Go have a peek. And now's the perfect time to uh, to get your car sorted. Summer's just around the corner. You'll be able to get the surfboards on the back and go on a few trips without worrying about um, breaking down halfway. 
Mate, it's awesome. Very cool as well watching um, idea uh, become reality. Is that is that been the, one of the coolest things that you've seen building something yourself like this? Is watching it turn like that's my big thing. I absolutely love is it's not any of the byproduct stuff. It's the just the idea of something was in your head, you manifested that idea into the world, and it's in a physical presence of some type. It's tangible; people can see it, feel it, touch it, and then watching it happens from there. What? How's it? Has it been for you creating into the world commercially? It's it's pretty awesome. Hey, I mean, I just before jumping on the phone with you, I was talking to a customer that uh, had some work done yesterday, paid all through Afterpay, everything went well, the mechanic was fantastic, uh, got the car picked up and dropped off. And um, they were thrilled and they were genuinely uh, pumped and we'd help them manage their payments better, manage their time better. Uh, and I think that customer sort of validation is the most um, rewarding thing is you're actually delivering value into the world. Um, which has been cool, which did not exist before. Uh, and in regardless of what industry, I think um, I'm, I've always admired people that can do that. And I think there's just been little bits that said, hey, maybe maybe I can as well. Yeah, um, should, yeah. No, it's great. It's it's awesome to see, especially when, you know, obviously we go back many years. So just watching everyone's next phases and journeys and chapters, it's good. So, you know, when you eventually, you know, sell 10% for, you know, 20 mil to AA and just roll it out globally, just don't forget us small people. That's I'm just, just don't forget <laughs> where you came from. Don't forget all the, 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 the gnarly photos from Queenstown and Wanaka that I've got saved waiting to blackmail you from about a couple of years time. It's fine. And um, it'll be good. I'll be back down in that snow as fast as I can. Cheer, cheer. All right. I'll give you some claps to leave. Well done, Andy. Cheers, man. Wait. Great to see you. Much love, brother. Talk soon. The bro, Andy Bowie, my auto shop uh, founder. And awesome to see it rolling well. I love love seeing my friends doing good stuff. And that's very, very cool. Thanks for your time, mate. And congrats on a, signing a deal with Flippin' AA. See, who would have thought bum ski races and stuff from south, down south with their long flipping cross-country Muppet skis and their, and their light crowd could do so well in life? Amazing. Well done, Andy. Um, One-minute pitch. One minute pitch. Very excited about this. Each week, we wanted to give you know a couple of spots to someone who's got a business, a product, a service, something they'd like to talk about, things that um, and whatever they're offering, we we want to listen to it. Whether they've need a job, whatever whatever you need, welcome. So, I hope you're ready. We have Chris Barrett who's going to be joining us, and I haven't. This has just come up here, so I actually don't know what's going to be. He could be selling all sorts of stuff, but we should find out, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Barrett, how are you, mate? Kia Robert. How you doing, mate? Hey, okay. Would you like? I'll give you. I'll give you a quick, quick claps here. I don't know if your product shit or awesome yet, but we're about to find out. Okay, oh, where are you from? But before your minute, whereabouts are you from? Ah, uh, so originally from Omaru. Um, oh. been living over in yeah, been living in Melbourne for oh, since two thousand five. So yeah, been in Australia, sort of locked down at the moment. So this is the home office. Um, oh, so yeah. you're in Australia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh shit! So it's, um, what seven o'clock in the morning? Seven fifteen, bro. Oh, well done, well done. Yeah, we, we got, we, I didn't, I didn't realize that the show was going so international. Last <laughs> no, week we, we had Canada, and now we're getting fancy with Australia. Uh, oh, quickly, wow. Before we get into what, what's the vibe in Aussie like? Because you guys kind <laughs> of got hit pretty hard with this gnarly lockdown, but eh? Yeah. So look, it's. 
you know, like like the rest of the world, you know, we're just kind of just doing our own little bit, trying to sort of make the difference individually. And then, yeah, look, the the vibe's kind of mixed, but I think, you know, with the with the release of the actual roadmap out of it, I think it's given a lot of people, you know, that timeline and that that little bit of hope that there is, you know, an end to it. And yeah, look, I mean, with numbers sort of going down and stuff like that, that that's always positive, you know. Jeez, all right, gnarly. Okay, so I, I digress. We've already had more than a minute in the intro. I've done such a horrible job as a guest here. <laughs> all right, are you ready to rumble? Ready to rumble. Okay, I haven't brought up that. I'll just do my timer on this one, and I can. Cool. Um, <clears throat> I'm genuinely excited because I've just been given the the link and the intro, and so I don't know what you got to say to us. So please don't be anything illegal or anything that will get me into trouble because that right. has happened before, and I can will probably get. The beans. So, all right, three, two, one, go. All right. Do you travel for work? Are you looking for an easier way to track your expenses whilst on work travel? Are you tired of losing receipts, stuffing everything into your laptop bag, pulling it all out at the last minute, and time-consuming reconciliation? Hotels Connect is a solution for you. We provide a free and easy-to-use touchless payment solution where you can source, make purchases, and store receipts within the app for easy recon reconciliation after after travel and you're back at the office. Look for us at participating hotels or get in touch with us via info at hotelsconnect.com.au or visit our website www.hotelsconnect.com.au take the stress away and the stress out of expense management and say hello to the new solution. Boom. Whoa, 47 seconds, mate. I didn't even need to Whoa. get the, 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 the beep beep. Nice, so nice. So expense reconciliation for business travel? Correct. Yeah. Huh. And how does it sync up? Just my my tech starting to, to jump jump up a bit. How does it how does it all connect? What, what what does it feed into? How does it work? So basically you download the app, you sign up, it's all free. Um, when you check into the hotel, um, you you present the hotels connect app. Then an email is sent to the guest reservation uh, officer or the receptionist. They provide you with a pin that proves that you're checked into that hotel. Once you're checked in, you can basically just scroll through the service providers around. So whether it be cafe, restaurant, you know, we're, we're speaking to rideshare companies and things like that as well. So eventually we want to provide more of a marketplace. So supermarkets, cafes, restaurants, rideshare, taxis, petrol stations, the work. So pretty much anything you can think that you might use whilst on business travel. You make the purchase via the app so there's no cash exchanging hands. The receipt then goes back to um, the hotel, gets added to your room bill, and also stores a copy within the app. So when you check out, you just pay for all of the expenses. So whether it's taxis around, or you know, out entertaining clients, or you know, grabbing a snack at the cafe, or buying your groceries for the week, you just pay for all at once. And then when you're back at the office, you can just email all those receipts and expense line items back to your manager, or your if you're a small business operator. You can basically just send it through to your accountant and it's nice and easy. Um, no more, you know, sort of sifting through the laptop bag, losing a receipt here and there or being out of pocket. It's all stored within the app. And like I said, it's easy to use, it's free. And we're first to the market as well. So very excited, locally owned and operated. And yeah. Nice. And just quickly, what's the business model? Clipping the clipping the ticket from the, um, the service provider side? Yeah, so we charge a small fee to the service provider. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's been a lot of chatter around, you know, some of those fees being 
quite exuberant. Um, we're pretty fair in terms of what we what we what we charge, and it, you know the the goal is as well to drive new customers through these doors by providing you know GPS embedded locating into the app. So if you're new to an area, say say for example, Robert. Um, you haven't travelled to Melbourne before, and you kind of don't really know what's around. It's a common question, you know, where do I go to eat? What do I go? Yeah, you know, how can I find things? You just open the app up; it'll just lead you to the store. So we we're providing another line of advertising um, for our suppliers that are listed on the app that they may not have got before, because sometimes you kind of just sit in your room and flick through that compendium, and yeah, you know, which is a great solution, but it's it's often limited. So yeah, it's a uh, it's pr pretty easy to use, yeah, yeah. Cool, good on you, man. So our website, www.hotelsconnect.com.au, yeah. uh, so yeah. There you go. Hey, appreciate your time and best of luck, Chris, and um, thanks for um, getting up so early over in Australia. Well done, you. Great. Go have a call. Thank you very much, bro. No, I appreciate Ciao, it. Ciao, bro. Bye, <laughs> man. Peace. Very cool. Tech, scalable. Very cool. Uh politics 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 let's talk about david seymour's social media game let's talk about more let's let's bring her in ladies and gentlemen <laughs> holly bennett do you like the intro do you like i, I do like the track it's a, it's a good little banger um good morning hi how are you how are you i'm good how are you oh very 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 energized for a friday holly you, 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 yeah you. well you went politics politics, politics. <laughs> i was like yeah um the track is good i think we need another one or maybe another two okay, okay. We, that's my feedback <laughs> hey we'll change it next we will have you send me the, the track that you want that i won't get, get sued on copyright strike for yeah yeah okay Oh, that gives me some. Oh, see, I like the way you did that. You flicked it. It's back called delegation. And gave, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you send it to me. I'll put it on there. I'll push the button, and then you get whatever <laughs> else you want. See, great ideas. Beauty. Uh, politics. Yes. What's the biggest thing that's happened this last week that you would like to talk about, Miss Holly Bennett? I know exactly what it is. Go Three on. letter word. Three letter word. Ends in X. Weed. Three letter word ends in X. It's not weed. <laughs> uh, Come on. Sex. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Tax. Ta oh, tax. Oh, sorry, sorry. Tax. Sorry. Sorry. Wrong show. Wrong show. Good. Yeah. Good to know where your head's at, yep. bro. <laughs> good, no. Friday morning. Totally. Yep. Got it. Tax, tax, tax. So. Go. We had. The leading governing party finally come out with their tax policy this week, um, which was fundamentally the biggest change is that they're going to introduce a new tax bracket to people. Oh, we lost her. Oh, you there? Oh, Did I disappear? Like Sorry. You, what are you? What are you getting messages on your phone? Are you doing this, are you doing this on your phone? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't sorted out my tech. Holly, I know. Busy. Yeah, Jeez, I've had so many, okay. so much advice from you, and I still haven't done it. I know, useless. Um, I know. Let's rewind back ten seconds. Okay. The, Labor the, the has leading, put out the tax the leading party. Labor yep. put a tax policy. Yep, go for it. And they wanted yep. to dot dot dot. Thirty nine percent 
Uh, new tax bracket, so 39% on those earning over $180,000 a year. And is that's up, is it, from 33? Is it up or down? 33. 33. 33. So 33 to yeah. 39. Yeah. If you earn over what, how much? $180,000. 80, $180,000. And it's 39% on anything over $180,000. So, so from what I can read. up to read, that point. Yeah. So from what I can read, it's still 33% up to 180,000 and then over 180,000, um, it's 39%. And how rich people will not like that. And the rest of New Zealand, that if you're the, um, what percentage of New Zealanders would earn over 190,000? Like I think that the, the number, <laughs> yeah. So I think the number, how much they would raise from that, the number I saw bantied about is 500 million. So I think okay. you're looking at like, yeah, 2%. Um, yeah, I was just guessing. So it's not, yeah, that's why yeah, it's not big numbers. So, so it's interesting, right? Because New York right now, mm-hmm. a bunch of the big hedge fund money, the billionaires are leaving New York and they're all mm-hmm. pissing off to Florida for a multitude mm-hmm. of reasons. But the main one being obviously if it's stuff there now, they don't need to be there physically, worried about the health, blah, blah, whatever it is. If everything's shut, it's not lifestyle, whatever. That The top 1% in New York pays 50% of all the taxes, which actually runs the city. And yeah. with these all these people going, it's, um, thing, it, it was, it's sort of stuffing them up a bit. And I watched this interview with um, Mayor Giuliani and he was saying, you know, you know, you're welcome to have your free fees, rada, 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 but any poor problems we have to fix with money comes from the rich because the poor's not paying for it. So it comes from the, the wealthy. So when they go, how do, what's the feedback been from those that you know in New Zealand about this? Because you're only talking about, yeah, to say 2% of the population that even earn over 190000 to start with anyway. I'm imagining if they live in New Zealand, it's just probably a small price for them to pay to help the rest of the nation out, right? Or is the kickback like, stuff this, I'm working my ass off trying to make money and you're just taking more of it away from me. What's the, think, what's the vibe like? I think it depends on where you sit on the spectrum. I mean, I certainly don't earn $180,000 a year, right? Um, but I still am not of the view that, you know, you can make a success of your life and then suddenly, you know, um, you can accumulate wealth and then you should be penalised for that. In my view, maybe that goes against the... Um, the ambition of entrepreneurial spirit, right? Because anyone who's ever started a business that has then turned out to be like one of the success stories will always be able to tell you the time where they are literally eating noodles or baked beans and they were up working until 1am, you know? And it's like at that point when you're on the hustle and grind, you're not expecting the state to come in and make your business a success. You know that that sits with you entirely. So um, the feedback, I think it sort of just depends where you sit. on perhaps the income bands, what your life perspectives are, and also what role that you think you versus the state should be playing. The thing that I would say is that 500 million won't even touch the sides of what we've seen in terms of the wage subsidy and how much that has cost the nation in terms of actual cost. And Mm. if we talk about the wage subsidy, I think there's been a really, really interesting, it's not a revelation, It's just a report that's come out this week. I think it was from New Zealand Herald um, that there's companies that are now doing their annual returns, you know, so filing and like reporting upon how much money they've earned. Yeah, so Somerset, Sky City, Briscoe's, um, a couple others, but yeah, I I saw that rant from uh, Foley 
Foley wines. Yeah. But see, you call it a rant. That that information, from what I can gather, has come from a Herald article. It just shows oh, the power the, of... The one I saw was like a text message that someone screenshot. I think it was... Maybe it's old mate Zuru or one of them. It was just on LinkedIn. You said I, I, yeah. I haven't seen the full info. Yeah. Okay, sorry, we're talking about the yeah. same thing. Yeah, Got yeah, it. yeah. But the, all that data has come from a report, like a media report from Herald. I'm pretty sure. So it's reporters having a look at sort of what's happening, and I don't know about you, but I personally find that quite egregious that companies draw down the wage subsidy and now they're reporting huge profits. Are they allowed to take, is it because of the size of the business or the fact that they've made a profit, even though they're taking government money? It's not got to do with the size at all. Because New Zealand, Her- uh, New Zealand Herald, Air New Zealand had to draw down the wage subsidy, mm. massive. And it makes sense. And they've, they've reported huge losses, understandably. Mm. Fletcher Buildings as well, draw down the wage subsidy, huge losses. To me, the fundamental problem behind it is then the reporting of profits. So they should. So if you're profitable, you shouldn't take it. Is it what? Are you, what's what's the? I mean, well, it, I think it's not a good look, but I get it. If they ca- if they legally can, why not? Well, of right? course they can legally can it's, because the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the the criteria was a bit wishy washy from the get go. So yeah. that's so not they what the point is. What do you think? So is the point? Do you feel if they're profitable, they shouldn't take it? Or that pro- yeah. that profitable is that yeah that profitable. If you're that yeah. profitable, you shouldn't have to take it because you've got enough in the bank. Yeah. Even though mm-hmm. you technically could. So I think Foley Wines, from memory, um, I'd have to go back and have a look at the article. I think that they did, took six hundred thousand dollars worth of wage subsidies and then reported a thirty-six point six million dollar profit. Hmm. Pay back um, the six hundred thousand. You're still going to be thirty-six million dollars in the green. Yep, I get it. Uh, or do you think it should be a volar? It's not like a name and shame thing, but you think they should voluntarily, if they've had profit, those profits, they they pay that back. Well, there's lots of companies and lots of boards that have made that decision. Got it. You know, there's a lot of them that took it because they were scared, and then they had a look, and then they go, "Oh, we don't actually need it," and then they've given oh, okay. it back, and and that's, that's totally nice. fine. I get it. Like that's that's to me, that's what good governance is. That's actually being like, okay, we can get it. So they've got it. Then had a look at the reality, what's sort of come out and then paid it back. And to me, that's good leadership in my view. Hmm. Uh, Don says, I don't see the proposed tax change as a big thing. I see it as some of my contribution to the society that I'm a part of and very special country I love. Well, hello, Don and the 2%. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Thank you you for your scaled up. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Uh, Don, I would. I would. Oh, I was just going to say, Don. Uh, there's a link right above my co- post that says "Join the Show Live." I'd love you just to click that link and you can jump in. And I don't care if you've don't you haven't had a shower with your cup of tea with your Earl Grey and the Herald newspaper with whatever shit's going on. I'd love you to join the show and have a quick chat with us about your take on it, being from the other side of your position on it. Um, so, Don, this is a call out to you. Please click the link and I'll put it in right again once more. And just because I think that's quite a good insight for someone that's obviously, you know, there you go, Don. That that link is literally for you. Uh, and feel free to click the link and join and you can do it on mobile. Um, yeah, I, I see it. 
it's a very special country I love. Small price to pay, right? I will um, say I did do the heavy lifting for you too, Rebecca, and I wrote oh. all the tax policies for all Ooh. the political parties. Oh, okay. L- give me give me the quick rundown. Hit me. Okay. So, and it's on okay. my really, really like, yeah, really no, okay. sophisticated so, note taking. No, because I think I had, we had two questions last week. W- w- uh, one was uh, if you earned over $10 million, who should you vote for? And then if you want to support, if you want, uh, if you're a nurse, who should you support? And there was obviously two different policies for two different things. But yeah, go yeah. for it. Okay, so, and then the other one for Labour, which I really like, is this thing called a digital services tax, and that's aimed at multinationals. So we're talking about the Facebooks, the Googles of this world. That set up shop, don't have a logo on the front, run all their cash through, and then outsource it as resources back overseas to not clip the tickets. Heard of that? Yeah, Yeah. so the money, the income that that they, the income they're they're proposing that that will generate is only 70 to 80 million, so it's not... um, not that much money in the scheme of things, which I find quite surprising. I thought it would be quite higher, quite like quite a bit higher. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good thing. Hmm. Very cool. Uh, who else? Yeah, hit me. Go. National, no new taxes. This blanket rule, nothing new yep. in, in the next three years. Act GST temporary cut to ten percent. Um, so fifteen percent at the moment, down to ten percent. And then permanently cut the marginal tax rate paid by those on medium wage. So they'll go from 30%. So that's like the bulk of New Zealanders, the people who sit in yep. the middle, um, 30% down to 17.5%. Oh, that seems pretty good. Yeah. That's a, it would make a significant um, difference. That's a dent for a lot of people, right? Even the, Yeah. Um, now, just quickly on that with the act thing. Yeah, his social game compared to other politicians because I've just been seeing a few of them. Obviously, we're connected, and you know him pretty well. Is he doing his own stuff, or does he have a team? Because it's kind of I think he's if everyone's winning on social at the moment for just free organic reach with with talkability, he seems to be winning. How does he rank at the moment? Or maybe I'm just seeing a, a Facebook feed that's just curated for certain things that people are pushing my way. How's he actually doing? <laughs> In terms of what, like polling? Yeah, well, how's he doing? How big is the act party? How big? How and how is he doing? Because he's starting to get get a bit of um, bit of traction and momentum for stuff on social. So he is long. The act party has been on a steady rise for you know 12, 18 months. And I guess the thing is, is that I look at it from uh, what is my numbers perspective that I have to go off. And that's polling, you know, so that's when people, pollsters poll. And um, we always take those with a grain of salt. But it looks like he's going to be coming back into Parliament with two, maybe three colleagues. So that's so a good sign. Now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, this is how little I know, Holly. This is why you need to help <laughs> me. So, he'll have, so he's going to go from like one to three, maybe. Yeah. Cool. And so, who, yeah. and he obviously doesn't want to partner with Labour because he's just taking jabs at her. Is he is he homies with who national? That's his buzz. Um. Well, so I guess that you have to go back. It's sort of more on the spectrum of where their policies lie, and so what they're aligned with. And so you can tell if we just go fundamentally off Labor's tax policy, Act is looking to cut taxes, and Labor's looking to introduce a new one. So Mm. if we take it from a very very like rudimentary view, then Act is clearly not aligned with Labour. I wouldn't ever say never because I think politics is crazy and like the weirdest mm-hmm. things can happen. Um, Get it. But ACT is more likely to partner with National. 
Very cool. Yeah. Um, and we've had, greens. Sorry, greens you know? have greens have got another. So greens, just to round it out. So we've got greens in New Zealand's first tax policy. Greens. Um, a one percent net asset tax on assets worth more than one million dollars every Ooh. year. Okay. So if you own a house that's worth one point three. So everyone and, in Auckland, yep. <laughs> um, as a caveat with it, it's not on mortgage money. So say if, for example, you had a one point three million dollar house and you had a two hundred and ninety thousand dollar mortgage, then you'd be taxed on the million, not on the one point two three million. Yeah. Um, so one percent net asset tax, and then also two new tax brackets. So for those earning over a hundred thousand, thirty seven percent tax, and those over a hundred and fifty thousand, forty two percent tax bracket. Ooh, so up. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And our, and, and our mates at New Zealand First. I yeah, don't know. Why, why, why is he our mates? Your mate? <laughs> no, just our mates. Like our mates oh, at our New Zealand mate. First. Just I don't know what their tax. Their, I don't know what their tax policy is. I couldn't uh, find it. <laughs> he, um, Winston. I've only met him. I, I actually haven't properly met him, but he uh, walked into the RSA in Dargaville once when I was up there, and he <laughs> strolled in so heavy, and I was like, "This dude runs the town," and he kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Winnie runs runs the north. Um, very cool. And just before we go, Holly, uh, Don has replied yep. back and he said, um, thanks, Rebet. I'm watching from my dick bed. I'll pass this morning. But what he meant to say was sick bed. <laughs> so, oh. Don, when you push the D, it's not the same <laughs> as the S. <laughs> so, so you're on your dick bed. All right. Hey, you, look, look, I, you and your 190 million, 190,000. I don't know what you're doing with it, but clearly you have different beds to us, us peasants. Um, <laughs> yeah. And actually, Holly, before you go as well, um, yes. I want to pick a color. Uh, pango, black. Oh. You would. You would. <laughs> yeah. Who is your favorite hero of, of fiction? Hero of Hero fiction. Of fiction. Well, like a, like a comic book, whatever, you know, like someone not real. Who's your favorite hero of fiction? It's a stupid thing, but basically who's your, who's your favorite hero? Oh, geez, this is a really... Um, Captain Planet. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be Captain honest... Captain Planet. Planet. He's a hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, hero of fiction? I'm more thinking going back to my roots. I'm talking like Harry McCleary, mate. Oh, okay. That, right? Always on little hey, journey. Your, uh, always always yep. learning lessons. Getting dirty in the scruff. Yeah, yeah. That one, I grew up on Harry McCleary, so. Oh, <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, all right, appreciate it. Hey, good, good, good banter. Good. So next week, what, 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 what policies will we see? We've seen the tax policy. Clearly, yeah, so yes. I, well, I found it really interesting from Chris's Ficaro that he said that Australia had released their roadmap for getting out of COVID. And I didn't know that. So I want to go have a look at that because I think that's mm. something that we desperately need. Aotearoa needs that. We need to know what's going to happen, what's happening in the next three, six, nine months around COVID. Because there we can't something... stay on the path that we're doing. And I want to know what our country's roadmap is. Agreed. Um, in the dark night. 
when the Joker and he talks about when it all goes crazy, I could say when it all is crazy shit, but if I tell everyone what it is, no one gets scared because it's part of the plan. And as long as you know the plan, then that's you don't you don't freak out post when there's kind of nothingness. And I think the danger that I would be feeling is you know, we talked about this kind of this lollipop economy, this, you know, the stop go traffic lights. It's like go, stop, yeah. go, stop, yeah. go, stop. Yeah. Like you can't have that shit. It's gonna start like already enough people mentally are starting to tap out of rules because they don't yeah. see can visualize that plan. For me, it's very visual. Like the yeah. levels when they did the ratings one through four felt like ah oh, one two three four that is the yeah. rules like is very cool but i think you're right roadmap will be interesting so maybe next uh next week we could talk about a bit of roadmap and more yeah fingers crossed i i think that we need to see it i think a whole lot of people are screaming out for a whole lot of certainty mm. so that we can sort of just plan and see where we're going and i hey i mean the reality is if i think about my own pucky my business like i want to hire but i'm not doing it yet because mm. i don't really know what's happening so yeah. you know Got a plan. When it's when it's when it's a fear based economy, it's handbrakes, not yeah. not gasoline, and it's Absolutely. it's it's pause and retract, not expand and, and progress. So yeah, you come with those two things together. It's actually the the challenge here is how do you empower the mindset of a nation mm. to push forward together, not you know break itself and and defense back, but. Very good. Um, yeah. I won't play that track for you. I've actually, ha I've actually got other tracks. I just haven't played them for you. So now I'll just give you. Oh, that's nice. Nah. I'll give you. Thanks, Holly. Happy birthday. Be good. <laughs> Very cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Holly Bennett, the one and only, such a weapon, good human, and I'm learning more and more about the world of politics. I'm learning more. I learned that people are taxing. There's new taxes. There's asset taxes coming up. There's brackets of 190. Didn't even know that. Should probably read more of the news. Um, and that is A-OK. -okay. Um, we've got a one-minute pitch uh, just before we go into Cassie. And he just popped up. Oh, just like that. Oh, it's the bro. Why, hello, Glenn Marvin. How we doing, people? Jeez, you get a clap. How are you? I'm doing bloody marvellous. I'm not here to do a one-minute pitch because I don't need any more business. Oh, I just well, wanted to okay. give you a one-minute pitch and say you guys are freaking crushing it. I love what you do. Holly Bennett, so She's good to see that girl. She's a freaking rock star. But I wanted to stick my head in the door, say hi, and say take fucking action, people. Be positive. Be clear. Be consistent. And be that beacon of light because if you're stuck in this negative bullshit mindset, that's all you're gonna get. That's me. Wait, you just came. You just like steamrolled straight into the show and just threw a minute of that's, that's like an hour of power. You just like a minute of fury. I, I mess with that. <laughs> There's too yeah. much negativity out there. We need to stick to the positivity. Stop, go lights, all that sort of stuff. It's all fantastic, but we still need to be true. We still need to have a positive mindset, and and people are attracted to the beacon of light. Dude, it's you me. Go deep for a Friday morning. Jeez, Glenn it's me. coming in with the fire. Love your work, brother. Be good. All right, you go and get that get that Cassie Roma. Two freaking rocks. I've I've been sandwiched by two rock stars. You just got you know I'm yeah. the I'm the shit sandwich in the middle. Sorry, folks. You just have to put up with me for a minute. Shop Go, Cassie Roma. See ya, man. How's how cool's that? Just flipping, just jumping on in, just snaking straight into it. I know who does like this next one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
How cool is that? So Glenn, the rose in between two thorns. <laughs> Love it. How are you? Oh. Oh, box of fluffy ducks, my friend. Box of fluffy ducks. Um. <laughs> Pretty cool show this morning. I, lo- I love the fact it's an hour and definitely not the not the thirty. The thirty was a total rookie move, totally my fault. Now these these things can breathe out a little bit, and um and these different sections coming. So uh, how's your have you gone for your run yet? I'm just about to go okay. for that run. We're like gonna, a week away from this half marathon now, so it's the taper phase. But you've been doing these half marathons for a couple of weeks now. You're fine. You've you've done it. You know what you're doing. <laughs> I know. I'm just that person who'll be like, I've done 20 of them. And then when it's the actual one, I'll twist my ankle just, you know, walking. <laughs> All right. Um, busy week. How was, the, how was the week been? What's bubbling? Week's been good. Week's been good. This morning's been awesome. So I am finally, after 53 weeks, have been able to um, release a TED Talk that I did. Um, yes. That has been Let's like crazy. Oh, so- bro. Bro. <laughs> oh, bro. Oh, bro. <laughs> see my team talk, bro. Um, so it wasn't, so it was live, but not released. What was, what's the deal? I think it just takes time to get all of the sign offs that go through the process of official tedding, if that's, if that's the way to put it. Um, and it was a completely different event to any of the other kind of TEDx talks that have ever happened. It was, one where both the audience and the speakers were in the dark. I had 24 hours to come up with the idea, yeah, try and finesse it, go out with it. And the the biggest thing was for, I do a lot of speaking in public, but my crutch is always, I've got some photos or a presentation so that I, I have that rhythm and I understand what's coming next. But this was this was filmed in complete blackout darkness with like military grade infrared cameras. And it was just wicked to like take one of your senses away and to feel the buzz of humanity and then have to share something when you're already nervous and excited. Um, so big day yesterday releasing that. Yeah. So now can you, can you now say you're a, a, a TED, a TED, is it TEDx? Is it, is it a TEDx speaker? Is that you're a TEDx yeah. speaker? Shit, yeah. Yeah, um, mate. Yeah. You know, I, I, <laughs> so I didn't realize the context that it was filmed in the dark. And when I saw the video, I'm like, is my phone stuffing up? The audio is real clear, <laughs> but the l- intro came in. I didn't actually like, it clearly, re- it's, it would have said somewhere it was done something. I didn't even see any of that. I, w- I was just like, why is it super gray and grainy? Like my mm-hmm. phone must be stuffed. Um, it's very cool. Over, Thank so you. Is it, Thank you. So now that that's popped, does that mean it's globally gone out all in one hit? Like right now? Yeah. Yeah. It's on the official TED website. And really the way I found out was that I um, I went into my emails yesterday, as you do first thing in the morning, and I, I had this like glut of spam and all of the, all of the like, um, hey, we would like to help you with getting 500,000 views or, hey, would you like to hit a million views on TEDx or, hey, we, oh, and I was geez. just like, does this mean it's live? And that literally every time a video comes out, these people just spam the shit out of speakers. And I was like, ah, must be live. <laughs> Got it. Um, very cool. Congratulations, Cassie. I think that's absolutely awesome. Really, really cool. Thank you. And, Thank you. And does it, I think about keynotes where it freezes a moment of time. Mm. Are you, because we're listening to it, and I won't go too much into details. I'd highly recommend everyone goes to imaginingtedx.com to watch Cassie Roma's uh, yep. talk. Yep. Um, 
it feels like you've buttoned you button off part of your life which taking you to the next kind of thing or like a, a homecoming of yourself type type thing having it out there in the world did does it does it feel like an exclamation point of who you are and what you're about you know it was interesting because at, over the last kind of three or four weeks i've been making sure that the edit sounds good, that I'm happy with the words and the search terms and everything that went up on the site. And one of the things I hate most in the world, which I think most people do is listening to my own voice or hearing my words back, especially because I recorded it over a year ago. And I went for a run a few weeks ago and listened to it and got lost in the fact that it was me talking and it felt like somebody else. And at one point I started weeping because it's like, this talk that I delivered a year ago is even more relevant now in the context of 2020 and where my life is, where a lot of us are with, with COVID and work and all of the things that even everybody on your show has talked about today. Um, so yeah, it feels like an exclamation point, but with a real open ending because oh, who cool. knows where we're headed. Yeah. 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 I th I, I've just been thinking about timestamps recently with content and bits and pieces and, you know, I don't pretty much ever i don't think i have ever scrolled back through a timeline and like looked at videos of me because i don't i know that my headspace will be different from that yes. moment and i don't want to like because i'm like forward 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 but it is mm -hmm. something to be said especially when you do something like that um so i digress uh this week what was the biggest thing that's uh, been on your mind this week that you want to talk about miss cassie roma I think a lot of it, um, it's all kind of contextual around. So the, the talk that I gave was about finding yourself. And again, this, this idea, I've been spending a lot of time working with clients still, and we talk about this every Friday almost, what's the mindset of the nation? How are we helping each other? Um, not just around mindfulness, but around um, mental health and, and staying resilient and strong and flexing that resilience muscle. So for me, this week was, was riding a low of my own resilience. And instead of being that person that's like, nah, I'm going to push away. I'm strong. It's fine. It's when people are like, how have you been? And I'm like, you know, not so good. Can we talk about it? And so that openness of two-way communication for me this week has been big in building trust with my clients and the folks I'm working with and my colleagues. And it's it's opened up a new level of um, trust in working relationships. Mm -hmm. So you know, just putting my money where my mouth is, Rivette, and not just saying it, but doing it. Holy shit, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. I think as well, if you're in that business context, some, especially when you're, I guess, playing the game to many respects, everyone's kind of wearing their shells, right? The shell of, yes. you know, if shit's not good at home and they've going from back to back to backs and everyone's like, hey, how's things? And everyone's just kind of copy paste to just to get, th get through it. Um, I've been thinking about, say with that, it's timing. Like how do you have those times to breathe in those yeah. scenarios? You know, where do you go to? What does that actually look like? Because, um, you know, at the moment, say here in the States, waiting for my green card thing to go through, can't physically be in New Zealand, all sort of crazy shit going on. And like my homie G texted me the other day, he's like, hey, bro, you're good? And I was like, yeah, man, but like like obviously tapped and busy. But then I'm like, but it's, it's quite it's quite mentally tiring thinking about what's yeah. next when you don't know and you know for yeah. well, it's shit September now and we went into lockdown in March so I've been you know six months and then you kind of think all right well what what am what's the play what am I doing and I've got like obviously I've got shit going on but then you just kind of makes you question bigger stuff which is important to actually do and ask which is yes. cool so it's good to have those those crew around for sure yeah, and it goes even when you were talking about earlier the timestamp, right? It's being aware of the fact that the way you're feeling right now is the, the timestamp for this day. So 
Rebet yes. today is a different timestamp to Rebet tomorrow. And I like what you said about not going back and looking at videos because I don't do that yeah. either. Um, one of my favorite authors is a woman called Glennon Doyle. And she basically made her fame and her writing kind of name by just pushing stuff into the world. And then she said, it is yeah. not my job to go back and see what people think or what I was doing yeah. yesterday. It's to go forward. And I feel like that's the same thing. So whether it's the conversations we're having or the content we're creating or what brands are putting into the world, it's like, this is your timestamp. It's important. Realize it. Move forward. It's that meeting the moment that we talked about, I think, yeah. two weeks ago. There's, there's something to that. It, you know, I think they say, was it if, if you – you want to be like embarrassed of the first thing you ever did or something like that. Like what they say when it comes to creating, you know, you just need to put it out into the world to, to create and go. Mine comes from twofold of I'd rather create and go and on to the next. And it is what it is. So, because if you become reactionary to the future of something you did in the past, mm -hmm. you're always going to be tied back to kind of like delayed reaction. Does, does that That's make right. sense? Like it's, it's not really, it feels That's like how I've lived my life, right? Done instead yeah, of perfect. Yeah, but you're, new, you're, new, you're new. like reacting to you're crafting your future self for something that you've actually done in the past because you're waiting for a reaction of what's been done instead of just going and doing. I that's think there's right. something in there. That's right. Um, oh, totally. And yeah. that's that's just all like you could get real deep into like Eckhart Tolle, right? And it's about presence. The the past it doesn't exist. The past is yeah. gone, um, but what is here now is what matters. Namaste. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just like that. Got a little namaste in there. Uh, very cool. Uh, coolest, has there been any cool brand marketing, anything you've seen this last week that you've been pumped up? Anything you're like, sure, cheers. You know, I've been, my little cynical brain this week hasn't gone, oh, shit, yes, about anything really. You know, I think uh, the NZ police, New Zealand police, uh, continually have put out good content this year. And I was talking to a friend Jeez, of mine Bobby. in the States. Yeah. <laughs> that's right she's amazing she's I've such a cool her, cat she she needs her own award on did social. you see what she put on linkedin the other day no what was that she put in a post about people who um i guess have been asking her if there are any kind of roles and jobs and things going out um in that. new zealand and she's like here's a list of them um for everybody go i just want to give and i was like oh i love you i don't know her either but i love you no Jess, um, we're going to get hey, that, that reminds me let's get jess on the show get her jess. on get her on yeah yeah that'd be good um so appreciate the time once again cassie good luck for the next i i have been quite finally i've been a little bit disappointed at the quality of creative advertising i've seen in a time where all creators have done is sat at home doing nothing yep and, yep. and i don't know if it means that they have been creating but it's been held up and blocked by fear within the ecosystems that they are in mm -hmm. but surely you would think that the level of creativity gets challenged to make it harder instead of everyone doing the same copy paste type shit and so i'm wondering if there's a lack of bravery from the brand side or handbrakes from within agencies that are stopping the creativity from actually getting out because surely think there's got to be some great ideas i think it's both thought. um yeah i've been working with a whole lot of creatives and the pace of ideation and the pace of just being aware of what's happening in the world. And because creatives every day work on seeing things from a different viewpoint, there are some fascinating ideas bubbling, but it's exactly what you said. There's a fear on behalf of brands about what to put out, when to put out, 
the tonality and all of that, instead of just going out and going, here's what we're going to do, because it's going to either make you laugh, feel good, connect us. Um, it's, it's definitely exactly as you just framed it from my perspective and what I've been seeing in market here. Um, that said, you still get quite fun little pieces of content every now and again from people in the industry that they're putting out in their own channels. So that gives me hope. I would love if there was a couple of ballers that were just like, all right, creatives, make any ad you want. Tell us what type of product or whatever it's for. And then we're going to reverse bid it to the market Smart. after it's done. Smart. <laughs> so you make the dopest car ad. It's just like whatever the thing is. And then you literally just have a close, close pitch. You just send links to all the car companies like, hey, we've made this ad. You guys can just bid it up as if it was a trade me auction. And then the winner of it then just redoes it, obviously with polish and flair and whatever, but with that concept. And then they sell yeah. the idea as a trade me auction. Oh, uh, similar stuff kind of happens in the background. During COVID, there were two big brands who put out ads and you kind of look at them and I was like, oh, that, that ad was already made, but it was shelved. And then, so one of the big brands kind of came in, put their little stamp on it. And, but again, it was one of those, like, this is an unprecedented time. Let's go on a teddy bear hunt. Let's, and it's like, oh, okay. But still, I love your idea. It's much, much better. Um, I, I was thinking I just, about, I, have you seen, have you seen Okay Chloe? The documentary, no. little eight-minute doco. I'll send you a link. That's that's where my brain is. Um, it's about Chloe Swarbrick, and because she did the OK Boomer piece in Parliament, and it. I think the filmmaker followed her for six months, and it's this eight-minute doco that just blew my mind. And I know that the director works a lot on um, on brands and in advertising, but this for me was like, ah, that's what I want. Right. That's where I want that brilliance to be out in the public realm. Got it. Love your work, Cassie. Thank you. And have a, enjoy your run. Let me know um, the time that you do for your quick car, half half marathon. I don't know stay, if I ever enjoy a run. <laughs> I, I Glutton for punishment. Glutton for punishment, my friend. Have a good day, Cassie. See you soon. You too. You too. Much love. See ya. The one only, now the TEDx speaker, weapon, TEDx.com. Go check it out. Cassie Roma, very cool and awesome. Uh, it's always a good mix talking through politics, talking through other cool stuff that's happening. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll go. There you go. That's a bit more of a mellow one to finish off there with. Um, thanks for tuning in. The poli politics is rolling out, marketing and brand. It was a pretty good idea that at the end there if someone wants to do that. I think that's a pretty cool idea. Reverse, reverse. Um, uh, create creative for brands that was pretty sweet and um and the one minute pitch stuff which came through as well as well a pop in guest spot from glenn marvin himself mr connector uh these if you're wondering what they were i actually forgot them to do them there's these things called pod decks and i just wanted to uh, do them basically they have a whole bunch of different stuff that pops up and you can ask different random questions about anything that pops up and so i think i'm going to get the founder of these to come and join the show hopefully next week as well uh, enjoy the weekend be safe be good stay out of trouble unless you're me when that's all you're usually used to thanks heaps team i'll see you soon peace